welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I actually have taped the applause at the beginning of these um, podcasts, mm -hmm. and I attached it to my alarm clock. So You're when I get up in the morning, I the people are cheering. You want to wake yeah. up in a good mood? <laughs> and then what I need is Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. be good. Maybe that's no, no, do that no. at the end of the day. Not the same show. No, no, <laughs> David. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, you good. know... Uh, Lately, I've got, I've, I get a lot of negative feedback from corporate. I, I was going to say, I've just in general, as a oh, person, about the show. And it's unending, and it comes yeah. in every, from every direction, yeah. from every person from corporate. I spend, I, I'm sure this is not true, but I feel like half my day is on the phone with corporate. Defend, defend, defend. Where is corporate? Right. I mean, I, if someone... <laughs> yeah, I thought you knew. No. I just get calls. <laughs> if someone said, there's a meeting at corporate headquarters, where do I go? What city my, are they My meetings in? with them are always, and this is the new age, but it's always uh, phone conferencing. Always. Sometimes Skype. I mean, I could talk to them if I just no. well, open this up. We involved you in a meeting, you could. If yeah. you were invited to any of the meetings. There's a young man sitting here. You have no idea what this is. Yeah. Jerry, <laughs> we're on Facebook Live, which is video. Yes. But for the I'm, I'm holding up millions a, of people who listen in yeah. audio only. Yeah. Uh, it's a flip it's phone, a flip they phone. call it. A flip phone. Right. right. But anyway, they were compliment. I rarely get this, but the other day they complimented me, and I'm going to do a direct quote. Thank you for stopping the lame-ass jokes, is what somebody from corporate said. What? When did you stop it, though, is the thing. Is I, I don't think we've done anything, because Jerry always was... What, lame? They're bad. Well, well, I did, and this is not a joke, but I noticed when we came in, yeah. you stopped and talked to an elderly guy. Oh, the elderly guy with the hearing the door. Yeah. Yeah. What was that all well, about? Well, I mean, he's a lovely gentleman. Where is he? And he, he, oh he's got God. this, he's telling me he's got this I'm brand not, new I'm hearing not, aid. I'm not participating. And it's the finest, <laughs> he said it's the finest hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah, what kind is it? He said four o'clock. That was the correct response, and audience. nobody <laughs> We're close, Megan. We're Pin close. Drop. Now you put me in a bad mood. For her. Because, because he only, it's, it's, almost the, it's what he reacts to. If you feed him that applause and the, and the laughter, he will keep telling jokes. But I'm jokes. in a good mood this week. So well, Actually, I didn't tell you. Actually, I am in a good mood. I just, you know, with all the television stuff, I just signed a new television contract. Really? Like yeah. a cable contract? Yeah, a new cable contract. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. And next Thursday, they're going to install it. I hate you. I forgot. I forgot about that one. You snuck it in you. there. I helped you out there by saying it came. I would have screwed up the. Whole. You know what? It, it makes me so old. It makes me think a of new something. cable contract. Right? Not a new television contract. A new cable contract. I'm going to try that again. Hey, I'm in a great mood. I just signed a new cable contract. Yeah, Jerry. Well, yeah. What kind is it? When I do that in the warm up of the TV show, people start clapping. Which is great, you know. Like, oh, congratulations! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. And next Thursday they're going to install it. So the other day I visited my grandparents who are in a. They're retirement. not alive. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
<laughs> You're all, as old as Methuselah. You don't have grandparents alive Megan, anymore. My grandparents. Gene, I'm not going to help you out here. <laughs> not the one to go Megan, to here, buddy. My grandparents <laughs> yeah. are at the New England Club in the eastern side of Cincinnati. It's a very nice retirement home. Mm-hmm. And maybe you visited people there, but there's yeah. like a lake out in front and a nice park bench. And I was sitting out there with my grandmother and grandfather yeah. like last Thursday. <laughs> and my grandmother said to my grandfather, this, this is horrible. I have so many aches and pains. And my grandfather says, that's weird. I feel like a newborn baby. And my grandmother said, a newborn baby? He says, yeah. I don't have any hair, don't have any teeth, and I just wet my pants. There is <laughs> such a special place in hell for you. <laughs> that, that's pathetic. That's like John McCain said. John McCain, actually, the night he lost the election to Obama uh, in 08, yeah. you know, they asked him this night, he said, I slept like a baby. Yep. And he says, I woke up in the middle of the night and cried. Yeah, right. That was about as funny as mine. I know. Yeah. Well, okay, so he's not a funny guy. <laughs> Neither are you. you know, <laughs> but he's honorable. Megan, I like John McCain. I think I he's honorable. Yeah. Megyn Kelly, I think, had a huge oh. media stumble, professional mm-hmm. stumble, by having on Alex Jones. Well, it hasn't aired yet. And again, most people hear this in an archive. Uh, but at the time of the taping of this particular episode, last Sunday, she has this new NBC TV show. She left Fox News, came to NBC, told them, I don't want to just do politics, but because I remember I saw a quote recently, I don't love politics. So she wants to do a lot of different stuff. But on this night, she teased it last Sunday, an interview that's coming out this Sunday, Alex Jones. Who is Alex Jones? He has a podcast on InfoWars. And he is a freaking evil maniac. This is a bad person. He's bad person because he's telling the families of Sandy Hook in Connecticut, he's telling the world that those, pe- those children and those teachers and educators didn't die. So there was this huge gun violent shootout murder, mass murder at Sandy Hook Elementary in Connecticut. And, of course, you know, I have grandchildren, and you have grandchildren. You have a niece who's, what, Yeah, a couple nieces, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay, so we all think of, I think of my grandkids, and I've had children as well. You think, what if somebody, if I lost one of them in a tragedy, Mm. and then somebody comes along and goes into the public media and says, uh, Gene's making that up. Gene's an actor. Yeah. And she brought him on and i want to ask you a question because you're in the tv business and you've been in the news business and all of this jerry so you are no no all kidding aside you're a good person to help us grapple with this i believe so she brought him on and she's defending it by and she's in real trouble i mean one major sponsor pulled out because this hasn't aired it'll air next sunday she lost a position in a fundraiser for the Sandy Hook victims. Mm-hmm. She uh, is under attack for doing this, and she's defending it, saying, I wanted to shine light on this guy because President Trump relates to this guy, gave him press credentials for something at the White House, went on his show in 2015. Mm-hmm. And yet I think, Jerry, this is the question to you. I can picture some people sitting in a room, uh, producers and director right. types, and saying, look, how can we get your show jump-started? 
Let's, you know, let's get edgy. Let's have mm. this guy on. And you'll get all sorts of attacks, exact stuff I'm saying right here. Right. And let's do it. It's pure sensationalism. And people who do that, I think, when they're in the news arena, deserve to be called out and hit hard yeah. uh, verbally. What do you think? Sure, because in that situation, it's different than a newscast. Um, a newscast, uh, if something is breaking that is out of the ordinary, you cover it because it, it's news. News is defined as something that isn't old, something that is out of the ordinary. That's why it makes the news. You don't have a newscast which says, you know, a mother hugged her child tonight. Because that's not news. That's how we normally live. The you reason think of it as man bites dog, right. not dog bites man. Exactly. It's, uh, whiplash. Most Whips. of the news we get is bad because I would argue most of life is good. Not all, but most of life is good. So what makes the news, and that's why people often get depressed watching the news. However, when you have a magazine show, you're choosing what to highlight. Yes. And if it was, if the magazine part was making a judgment that this guy is Looney Tunes and very hurtful and nothing good comes out of what he's saying, just pain to people, then that's one way to present it. But if you're just presenting it as if he has a legitimate point of view, because basically not all points of view are legitimate. This business of, and, and drives me crazy, covering not all things have the same credibility. The reason you're a journalist is because you're supposed to make judgments. So it's one thing to say there's a point of view and I don't want it heard uh, because uh, it's not a point of view I agree with. That's wrong. You got to give the sides a chance to be heard. But when one side is objectively not the truth and you know it's not the truth, then you can't present it as a point of view. If you know these children were real and they really died, you can't go on the air. Well, some people believe they didn't and then have a whole interview about that other than to say there's some crazy people that... Um, disagree with with the truth and that's where all of a sudden we're going off the deep end and where there's this push um and the pressure always is on um newspapers magazines television radio obviously you want to get a lot of listeners a lot of viewers you're selling a product but at some point you have to say this is not legitimate and that's where she went over the or maybe her producers did you know, I'm not here to jump on Megyn Kelly. She's an excellent journalist. But I think here is a judgment I would have disagreed with. You can't treat that I, of saying, I just want to shine light on him because what he is saying, we already know is not the truth. It's just like why they sometimes say we can't put a Kellyanne Conway on. They stopped putting her on because she was saying something that was objectively a lie. And if you know it's a lie, then you don't present it as a point of view. It's, so it's a misstep for her. Yeah. It's and her show. She, and she came out today and said, I stand by it. 
Well, and, but sure. don't you think it was simply to? It's a, it's not a decision I would have made. I yeah. would have said that was wrong. Now let's go to the craziness. Let's say of my television show, which is what crosses people's minds. That show is people are coming on, giving their point of view about something that is actually happening in their lives. So that is, they are entitled to be heard in a free society. We can't only put rich, good-looking, famous people on television talking about their lives. It is perfectly okay and should be done that people who aren't rich, who aren't famous and aren't wealthy, they get a chance to be on television and rail about something that's going on in their lives. Now, admittedly, on our show, it's not serious issues. It's about dating and stuff like that. But it's something that's important to them. That's why they get all excited about it. They're entitled to be on. But if someone goes on to have a, say something that is objectively not the truth, then it's your obligation in the media to say, no, you can't go and tell people it's the truth when objectively it is not. And it's even hurtful. Right. Oh, well, yeah, the, yeah that was... I can't imagine. She'll make, you know, she'll survive Are you going to watch it? I don't have a television. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, and I, I, what about I you, won't. You no. won't you watch no, it? No, but it's, oh, a, I'm not. it's inescapable that I'll find out. Sure. Because You'll get the sound bites you're going to get it the next uh, day, no matter it's, what. It's, no, the Yankees... It'll be interesting get, to see The Yankees are on that night. What am I going to... Dear Lord. They are playing great. Let's have a whole podcast on them. Let's not. <laughs> And uh, Megan, should we name your company again? That's probably Proactive Safety Services. There you go. See, it's so. <laughs> it's so. I want to see them start contributing a little bit to commercials here. They We're are. I'm here them. every week. They're contributing me to your salary. <laughs> well, good. Thank you. You're no. welcome. <laughs> your next check will come from there. <laughs> uh, and let's see. The I was going to recommend a. A dating site to you, not because I use it, because I don't. I don't use any dating sites, but uh, Matchmaker, I guess, is that the one where you have to fill out a lot That's of match. stuff? That's Match.com. Match.com. Yeah, I'm not on any of them right now. I'm dating somebody right okay. now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So off, I, yeah. Things are so surprise, surprise. <laughs> I hate you guys so yeah. much. But not married. Not, not married. married. No. And surprise, surprise. <laughs> Mr. Springer? <laughs> that came from him, not me, Megan. Yeah. No. no. You guys are ridiculous. I'm so, it's so wrong. There's all of this talk about impeachment. I hear it constantly uh, from Democrats. Well, only yeah. from Democrats. But, and, and you, you know, you analyze it and think, well, is that wise or dumb? Is it even viable? Have you sorted that out, Jerry, as to what all that talk means and... Is it I'm evolving on that issue, actually. Okay. Um, I start out, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of reasons why I think impeachment is the wrong way to go from our political perspective. And then I may wind up coming out on the other side. I'll start off by saying the reason I don't like impeachment because I think it's a bad way to change administrations. Uh, what it delegitimizes whatever elections we have. If it's too easy to have an impeachment, then all of a sudden, every time you lose an election, someone is going to think of some reason, and we're going to be, I mean, our whole future is going to be nothing but constant hearings from the losing side. In American history, only two presidents have been impeached, 
And Nixon basically was, because um, in 1974, the Republican leadership, Barry Goldwater and a couple of others, went to Nixon and said, you no longer have any votes in the Senate or the House. It's time for you to step down or you're going to be impeached tomorrow or whatever. And so Nixon resigned. So basically... We've had three presidents in our history who have already faced impeachment. Andrew Johnson faced impeachment, and then when the Senate voted, uh, he survived by one vote, so he wasn't tossed from office. Nixon, of course, as I just said, he actually resigned because he would have been impeached and the Senate would have voted him out. So count him as number two. And then, of course, Clinton, he was impeached, but he survived because the Senate found him not guilty of the crimes that were talked about in the Bill of Impeachment, and so he survived. So we've had three in our history, and now we're talking about the possibility of Trump, and it's being raised primarily by Democrats. And so that means we would have had three in the last 40 years and two in the last 20. That's too much. So my concern is, is it becoming too easy as a means of having instability in our government. So that's the first reason I don't jump on the bandwagon the first time I hear someone scream impeachment. I also, from my political point of view, don't like the impeachment because it doesn't solve any of the policy issues. When I mean policies is this administration's work on health care, the environment, immigration bans, deportation of Hispanics, disenfranchisement of blacks, the Supreme Court, all these issues that we care about, getting rid of Trump doesn't solve anything because, as you know, you got Pence next. And in some of these issues, frankly, just the issues, I'm not talking competence, just the issues, he's as bad as Trump or even worse. And then even if Pence went, because somehow he was caught up in the Russian thing, if, if he was, I'm not suggesting he was, but even if Pence went, then you got Ryan, Speaker of the House, he's next in line. So in terms of the policies that really upset us and make us so depressed, impeachment isn't going to solve any of those issues. So that's the second reason I don't like it. The third is pretty much it's a lost cause, at least at this point, because you got a Republican Congress and a Republican Senate, and the odds are you're not going to get enough to get an impeachment anyway with the Republican Congress. So there's a third reason I don't like it. The fourth reason is, at least at this point, if Democrats keep screaming impeachment, it's looking entirely too partisan because it's the Democrats that are raising it. Remember... With Nixon, it was Senator Howard Baker on the uh, Watergate committee, the Republican, who raised the question, what did he know and when did he know it? So it was the Republicans that finally stood up and said, Nixon must go. Right now, really, when you watch these hearings, whoever is coming to testify, except sometimes from questions from McCain or Graham, basically... It's still Democrats versus Republicans. And it, if it's only Democrats, even if there's cause, it's still going to look partisan. And the negative of that is that that's going to hurt Democrat chances in 2018. 
because all the legitimate arguments against Trump will be lost because anything Democrats say, they'll say, well, they'll say anything just to get rid of Trump. They're upset that they lost the last election. So it's not helping Democrats to be talking about impeachment now. Let the investigation go. Let's see where it takes us. But it shouldn't be a campaign thing at this point. So that's another negative. And then there are those that say, well, we don't have any proof yet of a statutory crime. And therefore, if, you know, where's the there, there, that you always keep saying. So if there's no proof of a statutory crime, which is the only thing Mueller's allowed to look at, the special uh, counsel, the special prosecutor, then there are not going to be grounds for an impeachment anyway. To that, and this is where I start changing, to that they are wrong. When the talking heads talk about finding a statutory criminal act, that Trump or the people in his campaign committed, that that would be the grounds for impeachment, understand what the Constitution said. Impeachment can only be for high crimes and misdemeanors. So most people, when they hear high crimes, assume that's got to be, they confuse high with serious. Oh, it's got to be a real serious crime before you have an impeachment. But that's not the case because it says high crimes and misdemeanors. So the founders of the Constitution even admitted that it didn't have to be a serious crime. That's why they put in misdemeanors. Misdemeanors is any criminal act that the penalty for is less than a year in prison. So why would you put misdemeanors in if you had to have a serious crime to impeach? No, the reason the word high is put in, which goes back to the British common law, which is where the founding fathers found this phrase, is a high crime is something that isn't statutory, but is against or threatens the whole democracy, the values of the society, endangers the whole society, whether or not it is a statutory crime. So when the president gets sworn in, he says he will faithfully execute the laws of the United States and protect and defend the Constitution. So you could impeach someone, the high crime is something that may not be a statutory crime, but threatens the Constitution, threatens our values, threatens the presidency, threatens the Constitution. That's a high crime. And there, you could have impeachment of a Donald Trump, even if you never found a particular statue that he violated. That overall, he and the White House are not enforcing or taking full care of the faithfully executing the laws of the United States. They're finding ways to obstruct justice. They're finding ways to abuse power. Do what I say or you'll be fired. So those are the grounds, the threat to our whole constitution and democratic way of life. The fact that Trump is appearing to be more of a dictator 
that he can say blatant lies that we know objectively are not the truth and try to run our government on that. That is a grounds for possible impeachment. So in the end, why do I think it may be okay to have impeachment? And here is the basic reason. I am afraid if Trump survives the full term of his presidency, we then will have permanently lowered the bar on what the President of the United States should be. It will mean that now anybody can become president. They don't have to tell the truth. They can try to make a profit, try to have their businesses go off on the side. There are no rules anymore for a president If Trump could have done everything he's done, which most of us admit he's done, he's finding technical ways so that they don't get him. But if Trump is the new standard of what a president should be, never again are we going to demand from someone who is in the office of the presidency to respect the values of our Constitution, the values of just normal, moral behavior, how we should treat the sanctity of the White House, it's no longer a special place. We're no longer, if he is waving the white flag of surrender on America being the leader of the free world, which basically he's doing, we're no longer the standard. We're pulling out of NATO. We're not saying telling the truth is important. If we let this pass and we don't say anything about it, from now on, there are no standards for running for president, for being president. Honesty has gone out the window. Yep, good analysis. Hey, I'm going to ask Elk Creek to come forward. Elk Creek is our musical group for the evening, and these guys, uh, great energy. Uh, their roots are in the, what I'll call the greater Cincinnati area because we're kind of at the confluence of Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and people who are from this area know that you can live in kind of any of those three states where these three states come together, and it's you know, a pretty quick uh, walk, run, ride drive to get to uh, any of those places. Elk Creek has four members. I'm just going to use their first names, Nick, Brian, Aaron, and Jeremy. And uh, their first song is called Tired. Do it for us, guys, and we'll talk about Actually, it. Actually, we'd, like we'd like to pause on that. We're going to do yeah. the song 45, because 45. based on what you just went through, this Good. is extremely important. And 45 relates to the 45th president. All right, here we well, go. Spoiler alert. So I get a little credit for this song. You absolutely Thank do. you. <laughs> <laughs> These guys just wrote this. Silky <laughs> <laughs> Well, I stepped out of a fog 
shrouded in HTV trash. Now you want me to believe, believe in everything you have. Well, oh brother, you ain't helping me. Now I've seen you all before, zimming at everyone you see. We can't go looking for answers from some eager 64. So, oh brother, you ain't helping me. Yeah, I said, brother, yeah, you ain't helping me. Uh, songs called 45 written by Brian McKinney. So what's the backstory on yeah, the song? Pretty simple backstory, I guess, you know, going back a year, year and a half ago, being just as weirded out and terrified of seeing Donald Trump giving speeches about how he's going to do this and this. And it kind of all started from that line there in the chorus, just me kind of open mouth watching the TV like, you ain't helping me. Yeah. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah. All right. Are you guys all from the greater Cincinnati or some from Kentucky or? Uh, yeah, we're, we're from Ohio. Um, okay. So. Um, you can confess to it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I know. Um, so me, Jeremy Brown, and, uh, and, and Brian here, we, uh, we kind of grew up in the same area, right outside of uh, Trenton, Ohio, just in that area. The nowhere land between Cincinnati <laughs> and Dayton. Uh -huh. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. We're familiar with the smells of manure and yeah. things like that in the, yeah. in, the, in the fall. There you go. All right, do a second song. This is called Tired, and uh, Tired was written by uh, Jeremy, correct? Yeah. Jeremy Brown. Yeah. All right, here we go. Lord done gone to my head Quarter after last chance to know what the good book said I hear the choir sing oh, Father watch over me After all this time so damn tired of hope that only serves to shake a man to his knees One step short, the path laid out for me. All gonna meet in the end, you just wait and see. I hear the choir sing, oh, Father, have mercy on me. God, I'm so damn tired of all this talk. If we're led down a path by men who clearly don't see. Words on to me. I proselytize all you see. But don't question what is spoken through me. And the touch from my hand. Been 
tied up or you're too stupid to Elk Creek, hey, where can people hear your music? <laughs> well, we have two albums that we've released, uh, all original albums. Um, we've been a band for about four years. Uh, yeah. So we've played a lot of shows. And iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Google Play yeah. it's all there. Okay, sounds good. good. Elk Creek, take us out on Down by the Riverside, and Jerry Springer will uh, get the second verse. This will do it right. for you. Yeah. This will do it? Oh. This will sell this merch. Woo! You can Just say like goodbye to those day jobs, gentlemen. It's Whoa. all it's This all is it, up. man. There's a, <laughs> there's a Grammy in your future. Yeah. Grammy in your future. Here we go. Elk Creek, down by the riverside. Go lay down my burden Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website, jerryspringer.com.